Hey everybody, this is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor here at Trinity, and here we're gathering for our final installment on this midweek Holy Spirit uh, reflection. And today, um, you'll be listening to this just as we are walking into the uh, Thanksgiving and Advent season, and I just thought it would be fitting for us to turn our attention to the Holy Spirit's work uh, around the announcement of the birth of Jesus, specifically what the Lord uh, said to Mary. So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 1, and then we're going to pray and spend just a few minutes here thinking about the work of the Spirit as it related to the birth of Jesus, but also how the Holy Spirit might want to work in your life and mine during this season. Luke 1, beginning in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called this Lord he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I'm a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, as we sit here right on the cusp of an Advent season, having thought and reflected on the Holy Spirit for these last number of weeks, I pray that you would be present to us. I pray that you would help us to be receptive and responsive like Mary was to your work in our lives. Help us to be open to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I chose this passage because of what it communicates about the work of the Holy Spirit. Over these last number of weeks here at Trinity, we've been thinking about the Spirit. We've been reflecting on Him both midweek and on Sunday. And if you're anything like me, maybe spending a little bit of time on the other days of the week thinking about what the Lord might be wanting to show us through the work of the Spirit. Well, here we see a young Mary, uh, a child by our standards, uh, probably in her early teens, who lived her life righteously before God, and an angel appears to her. And the angel says, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you, and you'll bear a child. You'll bear fruit, fruit that would be supernatural fruit. And I think as we prepare our hearts to enter into the Advent season, and we try to think really clear and true thoughts about the work of the Spirit, it would bear... Um, reflecting upon for you and me that the Holy Spirit was instrumental in the pregnancy of Mary and the birth of Jesus, that the Spirit of God is what hovers over the uncertainty of our lives and brings forth new life. Our Savior, Jesus, the Messiah, came to us because of the overshadowing work of the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking about 
how uncertain and chaotic the world was at the time of Jesus's coming and undoubtedly how uncertain and chaotic the world will be at the time of Jesus's second coming. And I'm thinking about how uncertain and chaotic our world is right now. And I think what we need is a fresh perspective of the Holy Spirit's ability to overshadow us and bring forth the work of Jesus, the presence of Jesus into our lives in new and remarkable ways. That's the miracle of Christmas. That's the work of Advent is to make room for this overshadowing generative work of the Holy Spirit. And so I've been reflecting lately on the fact that what all of us need right now, I think, is a generative spark. You know, when you find that you have no life within yourself, that you can't make ends meet or generate the sense of satisfaction and security that you'd long to on your own strength, then it's the Holy Spirit who comes and overshadows us. The Holy Spirit is the one who does that hovering work that then brings forth the presence of Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about. But I think in a very real way, there's an invitation for you and me when it comes to our own spiritual formation in this season of life to look to the Holy Spirit to do what only the Spirit can do. Lately, we've been talking about spiritual gifts here at the church. And for many of you, maybe this is new territory, frankly, unsettling territory. I was with my wife and, and kids at, at church on the west side out in our parking lot. And as Ashley was um, so brilliantly, powerfully speaking of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, specifically prophecy and the gift of tongues, you could almost feel just this palatable sense of, oh my goodness, we are wading into some holy space. And frankly, maybe for many of us, some uncomfortable space. When I think about the hovering work of the Spirit, what the hovering work of the Spirit did for Mary when she was overshadowed, was brought forth the gift of Jesus. And as we look at our own lives, the hovering, overshadowing work of the Spirit, and Mary said, here am I, let it be done unto me according to your will. Mary was not a reluctant or passive bystander. She was an active participant. She actually made a volitional choice to welcome the Spirit, I believe that the same invitation is here for you and for me, that we would open up our hearts and say, we welcome you, Holy Spirit, and then the Spirit gives us gifts. Jesus is the ultimate gift of the Spirit. And yet for us, as we look at the New Testament and think about our own lives, there is so much power available to us in the work of the Spirit. And so right now, I believe one of the things the Lord would invite each and every one of us to do is to open up our lives in a manner not dissimilar to Mary and say, come Holy Spirit, overshadow me and give me your gifts. My mind goes to another Christmas theme, um, the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. When Father Christmas turned up after all those years of absence, he looked at the kids and gave them gifts. And he said, remember kids, these are tools, not toys. When the Holy Spirit gives you uh, spiritual gifts, gives me spiritual gifts, he wants us to know that these are not child's toys, but rather tools to build up our own lives and the lives of those around us to help see the kingdom work of God advance in us and around us. And so my hope for you as we enter into this Advent season is that we would be increasingly watchful, prayerful even, asking the Holy Spirit to overshadow us in a manner not dissimilar to Mary, that we would say, here I am, Lord, let it be done to me according to your will. And that in that waiting, that expectant waiting, we would expect to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit manifest in our lives. 
The Lord wants to give you um, tools. The Lord wants to endow you and me with tools that will make us useful for the kingdom. And that requires that we would be open to mystery. I think it also requires that we would be open to experience new things with God, not things that are counter to Scripture, but things that are actually deeply resonant with what the Lord has for us in Scripture. So I would commend to you time and study in 1 Corinthians 12 and parts of the book of Romans that speak to us about the work of the Spirit and spiritual gifts. I would ask that you would walk out of this season and into the Advent season with a sense of expectation that we would join Mary and say, Come, Holy Spirit, let your will be done unto us according to your word. And then what happened to Mary? Well, what happened was she became a house for God. We're told in the scripture that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, and yet Mary actually became a home Her body became a home, her womb became a home where the work of Jesus, the presence of Jesus grew and strengthened. And then she gave birth to the Son of God. And in some ways, I think maybe maybe in the most important ways, Mary is our exemplar. Mary is our example of what true Christian formation and discipleship should look like. She was bewildered, young, insecure, and yet she said yes. She said yes, as one poet so brilliantly exclaimed, to the wild and mysterious work of God, to the unpredictable work of God. She didn't know exactly where this story was headed, and neither do you, neither do I, and yet she said yes. And maybe one of the great invitations for us as we enter into this Advent season, this strangest of Advent seasons, is to say yes to God even when we don't know what it all means. And so maybe the invitation in front of you today is to say yes to the Holy Spirit, even if you're not entirely clear what that means. Yes, Lord, we trust you. Yes, Lord, we surrender to you. Yes, Lord, we look to you. These are good Advent prayers. Father, I pray for my friends and I ask for your grace to abound in them and toward them. I pray, God, that we would, like Mary, consent to your work. We would say, Holy Spirit, overshadow us and bring forth the presence of Jesus. Form in us Christ. And I pray, God, that as we walk through Thanksgiving and into the Advent season, that you would give our hearts a sense of awareness and tenderness where we would look to you and ask for your grace and your mercy and your kindness to be for us exactly what we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We will see you when we can see you.